Hello and welcome to the Practical Leadership Podcast, where I interview great leaders and try to extract their wisdom and their experience for you to learn from and hopefully avoid making their mistakes. If you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes, check out practical-leadership.academy. Varun Serene, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Paul. It's fantastic being here. Can I ask you? Would you introduce yourself, please? With pleasure. Um, Varun Sareen, I was most recently the Chief Marketing Officer, Chief Technology Officer at an EdTech platform called Sort Your Future. I have more than 15 years of work experience in uh, marketing and technology with big brands like Merrill Lynch, Bank of America, and Lloyd's Banking Group. If I had to describe my career, it would be broken up into two halves. The first half, was extremely technical. I was a software developer working for a financial services company um, and managing a software development team. Around halfway through my career, I realized that the thing that really matters to me is not the technology itself, but how technology can enable business objectives and change lives of different customers. So in 2012, I decided to do my MBA uh, from INSEAD I spent a lot more time within marketing and advertising. And the second half of my career has been in that space. Uh, most recently uh, with SORT, but prior to that with Lloyd's Banking Group in London for about eight years. Um, and most of my career has been spent uh, working in either the US or in the UK. You've been around then. Absolutely. I think that global perspective has really helped. Um, even doing projects in Singapore with eBay, um, I think all of these different experiences really shaped who I am today uh, professionally. And your experiences then, when did you first become a people manager? Believe it or not, two months into my first role, in my first job. Um, so I graduated in 2007, started my first role in March of 2008. And uh, if everyone knows their history, that is exactly when the financial crisis was playing out. Um, and I w joined a team and, and a company that at that time was uh, letting go of people in bulk. Within the first two months of my first job, I most of the team had disappeared. And I was suddenly in charge of three developers um, who were more senior than I was. And so here I'm thinking to myself, wait, I have to tell these people what to do. You know, people who are far more senior than me probably know a lot more than me. But it really instilled with me this drive to try to understand what motivates people. How do I get the best out of them? And that journey started very early in my career. The idea of managing people, I take that uh, far more seriously than a particular skill or a, or a technical system. I find that that is what ultimately makes or breaks your team. Managing older people. I mean, I had one older guy the very first Time I was a, a manager as well. And I was, I don't know, I was 12 and a half or whatever it was when I had my first job, right? And there was this older guy there and I was worried exactly the same. How many, because you're out of university, you know, and, and grown ups, they're the grown ups, right? We're the kids. And so that's me, a kid. I'm thinking, God, how, how am I supposed to tell this grown up what to do? Yeah. And now on reflection, you realize actually he was quite happy about it. He didn't care. He, he knew that you need a manager and that somebody somewhere is going to do the job. It doesn't matter who it is. 
It's you, the young person, looking at that older person going, oh, what am I supposed to do? But the older person's completely fine with it. Well, normally, completely fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think we tend to underplay that freshness of perspective. You know, we feel like, oh, I wouldn't have anything interesting to say or I wouldn't really be able to contribute to a, a conversation that was happening where more experienced people were participating. But actually, if you speak to people, that freshness of perspective is really valued because the longer you spend in an organization, the more you tend to think or speak like the people around you. But when you join a place, you know, as a fresh graduate or, you know, the first time you are, you're working in a company, um, holding on to that freshness of perspective is, is cr- crucial. So one, of the, one of the best things an old manager of mine used to do uh, a guy called Steph Atsu, he would, he would have the people who had joined the company do what he called a wow report, right? Which is basically, you've been in the company now for, oh, I don't know, six, eight weeks. Tell us the truth. What can you see? What is the, the batshit stuff that we are doing that we, you, you come in and go, why in God's name are you doing this crazy stuff? Or I think that you're really good at this, but what the heck is that all about? The... The thing about the, the fresh perspective as well, it's because I think you get to ask stupid questions. You're quite happy coming out and saying, what does that button do? Uh, no idea. Why do we have it? I really don't know. It's always been there. Or we've always done it like this. That's a great question. We've always done it like that. But, and then it's this, the coaching side of this as well. Is if you early on, I think one of the best things you can learn as a new manager is coaching people. You don't have to know the answers. So what... <laughs> When you became this first people manager, when you see people coming in and taking on this this mantle of management or leadership for the first time, what is it you advise? It's taken me a time, some time to get to that point, but um, the key message I'd probably give is that own the outcome, not the journey. And when I've worked with uh, first time managers, I feel like they put a lot of pressure on themselves in terms of what you know, they're working on what the team's working on. And they try to own that day-to-day work of the team. Generally, you'll find, I mean, many of the first-time managers I've worked with are also high performers. So they sort of see their team as an extension of themselves and therefore try to bring the same behavior that they uh, exhibit into the team that they're managing. But that's not really what's going to get people to thrive. You know, if you really want people to thrive, you've got to give them the space to figure out their own path. And I just have one simple question. When is the next time we're going to meet on this topic? And what would we have done by then? It's up to them, that person, to figure it out and, and commit to a particular timeline when we can continue the conversation. Um, and what I try to do is get into the diary at that time in the meeting itself so that we know when we're meeting next. And after that, it's the milestone that I'm tracking, not what happens in between. Um, you know, it gives the person then the freedom to say, what are the steps that I need to now do to get to that next milestone? And if they get stuck, they can always come talk to me. But um, I take the pressure off of not knowing. I, I don't need to know what you're doing uh, on a day to day basis. You said you don't you, you didn't like uh, coming out and saying uh, you're being, being uh, prescriptive and saying this is what we're going to do. Uh, I like it. There's a thing called um, hippo. The highest paid yes. person's opinion, right? Yes. So if you're the manager, you're in a team or whatever, you're typically the highest paid person, or theoretically anyway. Yes. Keep your gob shut, I think, is the, the underlying message here. Just shush, exactly. shush. 
exactly and and sometimes i'm really careful when the team wants to do things like brainstorming sessions because mm. the brainstorming sessions can very quickly become the hippo's wish list yeah. you know it's like well here's the five things they want us to work on those are the five best ideas and um i think you you almost have to um uh, announce that at the start of the session that i may not have the best ideas or actually i certainly won't have the best ideas but that's okay this is a brainstorming session no silly ideas let's put it all out there what mistake do you think you learned most from in your career i think um not separating my job from my career was probably a mistake i made quite often um and it's only until quite recently that i've been able to you know uh, separate those two. so what do i mean by that um i always let my job define who i was and what skills i had so if i was working in technology well i'm a i'm a technologist and i know how to code or i know how to build platforms etc when i became a marketer well i'm a marketer so i have marketing skill sets um and that i think limits us in our ability to think about our career as a as a whole piece which is my interests my attributes my skills my job all of these things actually make up my career um so i'll i'll give you an example of something that happened to me about 4 years ago um actually earlier than that 5 years now 2017 um i worked for i was working at for lloyds at that time uh, as a marketing manager um and one of the things that always interested me was content marketing the ability to kind of use content to generate revenue and to use content to, to tell a story and it wasn't strictly part of my role and so i did something really simple i actually went at that time to uh, my management team and said would you have a problem if i launched my own content marketing agency while i worked in this role and surprisingly the answer was no as long as you doesn't affect your job it doesn't you don't you know there's no conflict of interest go for it and so i started my own content marketing agency while having a full time job in 2017 and i worked with them as a consultant to to bring that story out and i managed to work in fintech in legal tech i managed to work in fmcg um so i got a whole bunch of experiences that i would not have gotten if i had just limited myself to my role uh at lloyds and i think that opened up my eyes and made me realize that it's always good to keep looking out for different opportunities um outside of the job that you do and that collection is what makes your career i now bring all aspects of that into every role i i go into so i'm drawing on things that not only that i'm experiencing in my day to day job but also experiences i'm having in the outside world interests that i am participating in or you know cultivating outside of my job and they are all part of my career now so you were working at a startup and now you're not I think okay. that's probably the majority experience of startup life is you're working at a startup and then suddenly you're not most of them don't work. I I I think it's really important to know what your motivations are before you join a startup. If you're doing it for um success or fame or money, um you're generally going to be disappointed. uh and so when i had to move out and i worked in then a corporate job for close to 14 years and i'm thinking to myself okay why am i leaving this really comfortable environment to join a startup two things came out to me you know right up front one 
I wanted to build a brand from scratch. I wanted to go back to the beginning where nothing existed. And how do you create that narrative? And how do you create that space where there was nothing there before? And for me, that journey was really fascinating. And I think the second bit, which sometimes we miss in, in the corporate lifestyle, is how does my work matter? How are the things that I'm working on a day-to-day basis, whose lives is it changing genuinely? And we sometimes lose sight of that in, a mass, in massive organizations because you're not the one who may be directly interacting with the end customer. You may be three, four, five layers removed from that. And all of a sudden you forget that purpose behind why you're doing what you're doing. You start focusing on very local maxima that you know may or may not influence what that customer does. So those were my two motivations going into the startup world is being able to see the end customer and being able to um, you know, experience the building of a brand from scratch. And because of that, now that I'm not working, I can take all my six months of experiences that I've had in that startup role and go apply it again. I mean, I couldn't be more excited to go work for another startup because the amount of learning that I was able to get in six months in a startup environment is probably the equivalent of three to four years in a corporate environment. Uh, so you grow much more rapidly um, and I'm you know, just looking for the next experience to take that learning into. So what are you working on at present? I'm at that point in my career where um, I've realized that what I'm driven most by is purpose. It's not title or salary. Um, purpose is what really gets me excited in the morning uh, where I can come in and do something. So right now I'm on the lookout for my next opportunity and I'm looking at two spaces in particular sustainability and education. I've had some experience now in the education world. Um, and act, actually, as a result of that role at SOAR, I managed to meet a lot of companies that were working in sustainability. And what I've realized is that it's still early days for sustainability, where it could be the next wave of what tech was in the early 2000s. And um, I think there are some really interesting companies um, doing some excellent work in this space. Purpose is not a challenge for both sustainability and education businesses. Are you a reader? Are you a listener? Absolutely. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read quite a bit. So one of the books that I'm reading now um, is called The Next Billion Users by Payal Arora. And the reason that I liked uh, this book in particular is I've had now you know, experience of working in both the US and the UK. And when you work purely in the West, you are influenced by how the West views the internet and the usage of the internet. But what this book has helped me realize is that there's a completely different and evolving perspective out in the East as well. And so if you design a new app and that app is going to be used by people in Southeast Asia uh, or Africa, you know, you have to think about it differently. You can't build it with the same principles that you would for a, a European market or a, a an American market. And so it's really got me thinking about uh, design. It's got me thinking about how you position uh, your features. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of going through this book, but I highly recommend it for anyone who wants to kind of uh, shift their perspective out of the West and how the East uses technology. If you had the option, and I'm giving you the option, what would you want to thank your younger self for doing? What did young Varun do well? I 
definitely instilled this spirit of always learning in myself at quite an uh, quite a young age and i'm quite thankful for that because it ended up me doing university three times so i did a bachelor's and a master's in computer science i then did my mba um and it was purely because i never stopped learning if at any time you talk to me i'm always doing one or two courses to either learn about a new skill or learn about a new uh, market i have to thank my younger self for that for never accepting that i had learned everything that needed to be learned um and i you know even at this point i'm just constantly learning something new i like the concept of having a to learn list so you got a to do list you got a to learn list that's uh, pretty cool as we wrap up then can i ask you how can people find you linkedin is the best uh, means to find me so if you my handle is vsareen83 but if you look for my name you should be able to find me uh, quite easily um i love having new conversations uh, so i i post a lot recently about my startup experience and i've managed to speak to now other startup uh, you know uh, founders who who the, the journey didn't work out for them and i'm learning so much from them so uh, i love having conversations new conversations on linkedin so find me there thank you very much indeed i've really enjoyed our conversation varun sewing thank you thank you paul that's a wrap thank you for joining me today your homework subscribe and share this with a friend or colleague please leave your five star review and any comments you have because that really helps me to improve every day and it helps people to discover me online if you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes you should check out practical-leadership.academy